Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome. This is One Love, One Connection, One Us. Uh, And tonight's show is, uh, well, the first of, I hope, will be more of a series of The Lover's Journey. Uh, And these are, you know, we are going to be talking about relationships or talking with couples who have relationships that are working, that are healthy, and You know, even though they may have their challenges, uh, there is sort of a mutual love and respect between the people. So, and my lovely hubby is on the line. Did did hubby, you there? Yes, I am here. Lord have mercy. How did you know I wrote the words to that song? (laughs) (laughs) What's so crazy about that is after I wrote the words to that song, I ended up finding out that. I think it was Jackie Wilson had wrote him years before I did. And I said, Lord have mercy. How did that happen? I just don't know. But I was feeling it. I was feeling it so hard to where you showed up. And I was like, Lord have mercy. This must be some real stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I think I happened upon the, the song because, um, you know, uh, 
I'm I'm old, I'm old school. I, I mean, I'm I'm actually older than I than I really am. So, um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed that song too, and I, I'm I'm so happy that you wrote it for me. Thank you, honey. <laughs> it was just it was divine intervention. That's all I can say. I'm I'm so happy, and I'm still happy. Lord have mercy. <laughs> okay. So uh, what we're going to do is we are going to get prayed in. This is the Annabelle Co-op Prayer with uh, Thomas Shalaw Walker. We're only going to do one round, and then we're going to bring Reverend Jamel Gilliam and his lovely wife, Dr. Krista Gilliam, on the line. So hold on, folks. talking to myself, ladies and gentlemen. I keep muting myself, you know, so that you guys don't hear the background music or background noise, and (laughs) I have to keep reminding myself, oh, I put myself on mute. So, uh, Krista, Uh, Reverend Jamal and Krista, are you on the line? Yes, we're here. Good evening. And Hi, good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know what? We're we're going to give you guys some applause claps. So hold on a minute. Okay, so good evening, and thank you guys so much for, for joining us. Um uh, you know, you know. Before we really get sort of fully engaged and started, um, I, w- I would like for you guys to, you know, tell a little bit about yourselves and how it is that you two came to meet one another. Hmm. You want to go first? You can go. So you want to know about us, or you want to know how we met? I mean, which. Um, well, you can tell a little about yourselves, and and then you can talk about how you met. Okay. So I'm Jamel Gilliam, Reverend Jamel A. Gilliam. I am the 
visionary and senior minister of Universal Centers for Love. Um, Prior to that, I was the associate minister at uh, Spiritual Empowerment Center here in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I'm trained as a social worker. I've worked as a therapist in the Baltimore metropolitan community. Uh, I've worked with the uh, offender population. Uh, I've facilitated a number of uh, male rights of passage with uh, young men at Morgan State University and Delaware State University. Um, hmm. I think that's it. I, I'm probably shortchanging myself, but for the most part, I'm, 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 I'm just me. And I think the big thing right now is he is in the middle of a PhD program that we all feel like we're taking together in this family. So we're very proud of that. Um, and I am Krista Gilliam. Uh, I have a PhD in social work and have worked in social work practice serving children and families. Primarily, uh, for about the last eight years, I've worked in social work education and am currently working as an assistant professor um, at a university in a social work program. Okay. And how did we meet? Okay. We actually met at a, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say we actually met at a professional social work conference. So yeah. our profession is what brought us together yes. um, in New Orleans because I'm originally from California, and so I would have mm-hmm. not probably met. Uh, Jamel, had I not been participating in the conference, and I was presenting that year, and uh, with my uh, well su- uh, supervisor and coworker, and we were presenting, and Krista was uh, walking with a group of ladies, and I came mm-hmm. over. I don't remember. I said something to her, something I knew the answer to, and she loved. I think she loved to tell the story because I touched the small of her back, and. Uh, you know, the rest is history. Here we are, five years later. He gave well, me butterflies. Well, it wasn't five years. It's not five years later, but we've been married five years. I think we met in 2005, so it's been 12 years. Okay, okay. Um, so, you know, well, tell me, do you, what was uh, your journey like before you both met one another? Um I, when I say when I ask that question, um, it's it's my thought or my belief that our previous experiences sort of you know help formulate to us to where we are up until that point, and then we mature and we get sort of like clarity on what it is that we're looking for and what we desired. So, what was it that you think that was going on beforehand that led you to that moment of actually meeting each other at the conference? Um, I have a 25-year-old son from a previous relationship. So I was dating prior to um, meeting Jamel, and actually the year that we met was the first year that I can honestly say that I was feeling myself as a fully grown woman. Um, my theme song at that time was Living My Life Like It's Golden by Jill Scott, and I was actually really just like living the life professionally, personally, emotionally, and spiritually at the time. So when I met him, it was like a perfect time in my life to meet somebody new. But even when we met, when we first met, we were both on very different pages about a lot of different things. Uh, So we initially, you know, literally started out as friends because for me it was a great time in my life. But for Jamel, he was going through some life changes in in his life. Um, And based on my past experience, 
I think I was able to support him on what he was going through at that time in his life. So when we originally met, we literally just met as friends, you know, providing support uh, for each other. And, again, we were long distance, so we actually had a long distance friendship for about seven years um, before we made the decision to move forward. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I can agree. I think that we, you know, it, just different different places. Uh, the challenge that I was going, my mom had just had a stroke, and so we were really just trying to figure out what to what to do with that. Um, for, I was I was her caregiver, and you know, it was just a lot. So at that point, uh, which is an interesting story because uh, twelve years later, because I've gone through it. Kristen has gone is now experiencing that with her mom, who is still in California, and is staying with one of her sisters. But she's right. We definitely, I mean, the, the Creator won't give us anything that we can't handle, even if He gives you the ability to handle it in another person as it relates to support. So I, I think that that was a big piece for us, where I had experienced it, I'm able to support her, and then the things that she has experienced, she's been able to support me. Um, you know, she mentioned that she has a 25-year-old son. Well, I have an 11-year-old and a 15-year-old, and so she's been mm-hmm. able to support in that in that regard. Okay. So there's an exchange. Okay. Okay. So this is uh, I, this is a question that I've I've asked many um, married married people who have been married, um, whether or not together or or by themselves, but what what was it that you that made you say that that she was the one and and Chris, uh, what made you say yes? Okay, <laughs> you know I, I knew that she was the one a long time ago. I think the distance was, in my opinion, the barrier. We, um, I mean, you know, Baltimore and California about is about three three thousand miles away from one another, and her son, when I met her, was about the age of my daughter now, I believe, 14 or 15. And so he was still in school. And then, and so she was really careful about exposing him to men. And I, I you know, I give her kudos for that because not many uh, women think about that. So, um, and she's right. I mean, it's tough because, you know, you want to protect your children. So that was one. And I think what made me ask her, is and she probably maybe she has a similar story. You know, you you date and I and I have been dating. I'm not you know that wasn't no, that was no secret. I had had you know numerous failed relationships and I think to meet someone who wants the same thing that you want and more is what I saw in her. And you know, not only is she beautiful, she's a sweet person. Uh, she's she's loving. There's a lot of things that I could say with with what made me ask her, but just for being herself is what made me want her even more, and so I, I said, hey, you know, I can't let this slip away. I'm getting older. She's getting younger. <laughs> and so <laughs> and we use a lot of humor in our relationships. Any, anyone who know us, uh, they know we, we, we love to, uh, you, even the children, they laugh. We, we love to use humor in our, in our relationship. And if you can't laugh at yourself, then I don't know what can you do. But, that, you know, that was really the thing that made me say, okay, this woman really – we're equally yoked because we want the same things in life. She was as equally ambitious as I was, and all too often. And Krista loves to like loves to use this expression. I'm going to use it on the air. She loves to call me Captain Saberho, and so 
<laughs> <What I was. laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, she she called me Captain Saylo. And so what what I realized about uh, the relationship with she and I, there was really no saving each you know the other one from anything. It was really just about us working together and building something. And and that that made me really want to say let's let's let, let's do this. I mean, you know, this futile dating that I was doing wasn't working. I'm sure she could say the same. Although she might not. I don't know. She might say she's having a great time. Oh, what? But, uh, you know, <laughs> up, until, up until I asked her to marry me. But um, she's here now, so she's stuck with me. <laughs> and, and I will say you asked the question of what made me ask. The first time I came out uh, to visit. What made you say yes? Yeah, she said what made me say yes. I'm oh. saying the very first time I came out to visit, I literally rode on the plane right home. I cried for about four hours on the plane going home as if I was leaving something that I was supposed to be at. Um, and so that was a very different dating experience for me. And it was still several years later before, you know, we got more serious, but I just felt a strong connection from the very first moment that we met, you know, all the way up to every time we had a chance uh, to meet and hang out uh, with each other. But while we were, uh, you know, separate and on distance, we were both dating separate of each other. We were not in a, re- in a relationship or anything like that. We were just dating. And I really was having the time of my life um, when Jamel called, my son had graduated from high school for about a year, so I was like, for the first time, fancy free and on my own. Um, but when he asked, and you know, I weighed out all the pros and cons, there really was no reason to say no. Um, and so I looked at it as an opportunity to be joined with somebody who I felt very, very connected to on multiple levels. So that's what made me say yes. But that first very encounter of being in tears, as if I had known him all my life, uh, was a life-changing moment. And that's before he was then, Jermell. You guys don't know him before he was then, Jermell. But I met him before um, then, Jermell, and now that he is the more zener version of himself and have witnessed him go through a transformation in his process. Okay. Um, Well, uh, I know that that my husband has been kind of silent, but honey, do you have any questions? King, are you um, there? Questions? Questions? Um, <laughs> yes. Well, life in and of itself is full of questions, and there's constantly questions running through my head, but I <laughs> don't know what you mean. <laughs> do I have questions for our guest? Yeah, do you have questions for our guest? Um, the best only question I got right now, did you guys eat? Say it again, did we do what? Did, did you guys eat? Have you eaten for the evening yet? Trying to pull together some snacks before we eat. I actually have been out of town and just got home late on Sunday, and yesterday we spent the day at the hospital. Jamel's mom got sick, so we have to get groceries and the whole nine. So, no, we have not. <laughs> it really hasn't. And, 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 okay, and you see, the the reason why I ask that question is because I I hear and understand that both of you are really, really involved in not only the relationship that you're both in, but you are both understanding of your position in 
handling this type of life that society has kind of impaled us with and the way in which you guys seem to be managing time and energy is is phenomenal from the distance of which I am um, viewing you two. And if there's a question that would follow that is how is it that you both find time for one another when so many other things around you is trying to drain your time from you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, uh, and I, I would be the first to say that that's a that's an ongoing struggle. But we do we do make it. We try to make it a a priority. Um, there are times, uh, Baba King, that we will wake up. At least I'll say it that I wake up at three, four o'clock in the morning. We're talking three, four o'clock in the morning, or um, because of because for a long time that was a long distance component. Uh, I'll go to work. Would have laid there all night. We would have maybe we'll talk, maybe not, or maybe I'm rushing to get to a meeting, or she, or vice versa, and we'll talk to one another while the other one is on their way to work or a meeting. And so, I think we've been creative with that, um, and I think that's still a work in progress. But I think we've done a great job with it so far. It's it, it's funny that we talk so much on the phone, being that we it's not that we you know have don't have opportunities, but we really do. Talk to us people at my job now. I was just kidding with her earlier. One of the ladies at the job, she kind of uh, jokes. She said, "You on the phone with your wife again?" <laughs> and it, it, it's not, it's not that we are uh, can't do without talk. I think we really enjoy talking to one another. And when something happens, I think we probably the first persons to find out. You know, you know, little things like, "Hey, let me tell you what just happened." So I think that's that's a big part that we actually are friends, in addition to being lovers and spouses. But I, you know, like the song, like the song talked about, and so you know, um, I think it's important to continue that, to work on that. I mean, we can't sit here and let it drift away. We got to constantly do things. We got a, a date plan for this this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm in school. She's a college professor, so she's in school. It really, mm-hmm. and so we 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 just uh, we just get, you know take it day by day. You know, we have a ritual. I I, do, I will share that that I may have messed up indirectly. We have a ritual. She, you know, we would, uh, she would bring up coffee, you know, and I didn't start drinking coffee till I got married, and we would sit and watch the morning news. Uh, but as you know, you and I both know, there's nothing good on the news these days, so uh, we just got to find something else to do. And I'm trying to stop drinking coffee, so now she's been bringing me green tea until we figure out that we need to do something else in the morning before we go, you know. Wow, that's that's amazing because it I I find it interesting that you know flexibility is what I'm hearing also, which is a really, really key component. Um, Kristen, I believe it is, right? Um, you were about to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, too, when, like, Jermel is in a, a Ph.D. program in Pennsylvania, and I was working in Pennsylvania last year. So er, any time that we can join each other on a ride up to Pennsylvania, even if it's just for the ride in the car, we literally ride in the car when Jamel doesn't want to talk, he puts on what me and the kids call his sleep music. He starts playing some jazz and uh, the rest of us. I call it our meditating. Um, but, you know, for the most part, we'll have the music down and we'll spend time on little road trips around town um, or just get in a car and just take a drive, just driving around some of the back roads in the city um, just so that we could have some alone time and spend some time together. Uh, so I'm very thankful that he likes to drive because I don't like to drive. Um, and so, you know, we do little things like that to spend time. And we actually really do like each other and like spending time together. So that's always a good thing. 
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the aspect of um, finding some things to do together. Um, Arlene and I um, were actually, well, we were out yesterday, and I saw that there was a window of opportunity of which I wanted to take her to a, a babbling brook, if you will. So I said, let me go check it out to make sure everything was safe. Of course, um, you always have to kind of balance things out um, and know that there's when you're trying to do good things, you can have come across opposition to yes. um, hinder those good things from happening. It was so crazy because yesterday I had the wrong shoes on as I was going to check, you know, the Babylon Brook, and I started babbling after I fell because I was like, God have mercy, this is not safe. <laughs> I come back up all injured up in Arizona. My, my leg was injured up, but um, I came back, and my life, my life being as loving as she is, um, showed me compassion even through to today. But the grace of God is what kept me from getting all busted up on the wheelchair. But, um, yeah, I, I like that idea of flexibility. And, you know, we have a funny story of we went to a concert one time in Falls oh, Church. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just new here. I, I, I'm not, I don't know if it's she like more of uh, yeah, I hadn't moved here yet. But we came, I came out so that we could go to a concert. And so in California, we don't get this torrential rain that that we get out here. So it was a big adjustment for me about the rain. So it was, it was I mean, at first I got to tell you who it was. I think that's the answer to it. It was Michelle Indigale Cello. She plays a jazz bass, and she did all Prince covers, nothing else. She didn't do any of her own songs. She just did Prince. So we went out to this, um, the concert, and it's pouring, pouring down rain. When we come out, the theater was really small. Oh, yeah. So everybody's standing in the lobby, you know, trying to figure out what to do because it was raining so hard. And Jamel says, well, I'm, and we parked maybe about seven or eight blocks away. It was away. really far away. And so Jamel said, well, I'm going to go get the car. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm not going to let you go out in the rain. So we literally go out. And I had on some flip-flops and my cute little outfit. California girl style. Yes. <laughs> and it is pouring <laughs> down rain. And we it was get, summer. Yeah, it was summer. But we get back into the car, you know, pouring down rain, soaking wet, and then we end up having to take off all of these wet clothes and literally drove back to Baltimore in our underwear. underwear. (laughs) (laughs) No towel, because Jamel says a clean car. There's nothing in the car to dry off with. And that's how we (laughs) – we we are going to be together, and we must have laughed the whole way. It was funny. But it it must have poured down cats and dogs. Like monsoon season rain. (laughs) That's how we do this. Anything. That, I think I lost the shoe. My shoe fell off. <laughs> wow, wow! It, to me, I, I see the humor in 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 our creator. Um, yes. Um, bringing a experience for you guys to come closer sooner than y'all anticipated, I believe. Yes. Yes. Well, proves she was a ride or die. She didn't there you go. <laughs> She didn't complain at all. It was, I, it was like, hey, I, and I think I said we got a story. Uh, Arlene, I thought I was gonna get him to stop at Target or something so we could get some paper towels. <laughs> 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 Had we been in my car, it would have been a change of clothes, a change of shoes, a roll of paper towels. Okay, so, um, you know, 
guys think makes a strong foundation for marriage in general for anybody who may be listening? I would say being flexible because, I mean, you know, I, the component of forgiveness yeah. is important. You, you're forgiven every day. You know, you get – some people get so angry with their spouses for, you know, and I hear the stories, you know, leaving the toilet seat up, leaving the, leaving the toothpaste uh, – was it the cap off the toothpaste uh, – Whatever, whatever, not you know, things that people do, you know, what normal human beings do when they live by themselves, transitioning into living with other people. Um, but you, you see your spouse as a, you love them and you see them as another human being and you give them the same level of forgiveness that you would want for yourself. And so I think that's the practice of grace. Yes, yes. And as, as far as I'm concerned, I believe that that makes you a better person. It makes your marriage stronger. It makes your union stronger. Um, and I'm a talker, so I'll say... I'll say, well, let's talk, and she, you know, she'll she'll tell you, and and also just checking in, like, how are we today? How are we doing? You know, just giving the other person opportunity to talk or not. And so, whereas Krista may want her space, I'm just like, hey, what's what's up? Let's talk. Let's go. You know, because I think it's important that people get out. Now, I wasn't always like that. I think I would probably be in the basement, not talking, or you know, at the bar, at the club, whatever. But I think it's important to talk. So. You can air out your grievances because you now nobody's perfect. No, no marriage is perfect. And, and I think the, the a biggest thing is definitely practicing grace. That you know, constantly asking ourselves, what was the other person's intention? Is this person intending to destroy me? Did this person intend to hurt my feelings? And almost every time that you answer that question, no, you know, well, he's not trying to hurt my feelings. You know, nothing about his actions is trying to destroy me. You know, a no, lot of it true. is perception. Some of it is about ego. Um, and just really being in check about that and, you know, giving that other person the same kind of forgiveness that you want. And I also think that it's very important not to go into the next day holding a grudge, that we try to do a very good job at, even if we don't resolve it, because we don't always, you know, come to an agreement um, when there's a conflict, but that you don't walk into the next day holding a grudge or being mad about something that happened yesterday, that you, ha- that you have to let stuff go. And if it's something that you cannot let go, then you need to hash it out before, you know, we go into any future experiences because those things tend to keep coming up. So I think that we do a really good job at not, you know, going forward holding a grudge against each other or keeping score or keeping record of what you did. And if the other person does do that, then we are both very good about calling each other out yeah. about, you know, why didn't you say something about that yesterday? Why are you just now bringing it up today? So being able to have that open communication and just really, I think, just practicing the grace and trying to, you know, put yourself in the other person's place of what was the intention behind any action or inaction. Okay. We got to start. Okay. Can I add something to Arlene? The, um, sure. I think we, we're talking about two people with two different sets of parents, yeah. you know, two people from two different households growing up. And so there's, there's going to be some level of agitation, discomfort, you know, conflict. Uh, I've run into people who said that they've never had arguments. I'm not saying that uh, everybody has to have an argument, but the couple in particular I'm thinking about, and there's other couples like that, People, somebody wasn't being honest. You have to be honest about what you're feeling and thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they're right. They never had arguments, but maybe there's something going on that nobody's being honest about. They're not sharing it. So, because uh, if you don't share it, the other person just won't know. And so, you really have to think about that. That it's not going to be a perfect 
transition. But then together, after going going through the process and putting in all the hard work, it will it is and it will be perfect because you'll know that person. I mean, it, we 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 had never had a fight doing the long distance thing. Not really. I don't think we've ever had a yeah. So you're not going to have that until you're living in the same space. You know, like oh wow, you know, I didn't know that you uh, you know, like to have the toilet paper going in that direction. <laughs> I like it going in this direction. <laughs> she's laughing because that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, I like the toilet paper the way I like it, and she likes the way she likes it. And it's just like, really? I like it over. I really don't care. She don't care, but I have a thing. That's my animal. So, okay. <laughs> so, so, so I don't know if she's ever noticed. Anal and toilet paper the same message. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, well, you know, yeah, right, right. In the same conversation, right? Yeah. I actually uh, like would just subtly just kind of flip it, like the way I like it, and it'd be done. And she doesn't care. She just put it on there. And it's not subtle. It's not very subtle, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> okay, so you know, uh, was there anything that you all were surprised to learn about one another after you? After you lived with, after you started living with one another, mm, that's probably a lot of things. I'm I'm trying to think what comes forth first. Uh, oh, I have one. So <laughs> I don't know if Kim, you can relate to this. She keeps multiple pairs of shoes in her car, <laughs> and. <laughs> I had to say to her, I said, well, what's all these shoes in the car? She said, well, you know, she got to have the standard flip-flops. That's just her thing, the California thing. She's got to have a pair of heels. And then she got to have, was it, multiple pair of heels based on the color which she's got on. <laughs> um, she's got to have jackets. That's a, that's a, that's a funny thing because it'll be like 90 degrees out. My wife will have on a jacket because she's cold the whole time. So we laugh about well, we laugh about it now. And I and it's not just her thing. I think when her son and her niece were here, it was the same kind of thing. I'm like, you guys are overdressed. It's hot. And I'm and I'm always it really doesn't matter because I'm always hot. So but uh what else is it? Definitely the shoes, the the jackets and the sweaters. We actually have fun with that. I think that um Yeah. We did find out that we both like uh to go to the movies. And I love she knows that I you know, I don't know if you can, you wanna share what you were surprised to find out. I can't really think of anything that I'm surprised to um, find out. You know, uh, Jamel's a very sensitive and caring person, even though he tries to be tough guy uh, on the exterior. But he's very thoughtful and, you know, um, um, attentive to me and the kids and making sure that everybody's taken care of, even before he takes care of himself. So I can't really think of anything that um that I was surprised by. I think I was very well prepared in my life to be in the situation that I'm in right now. I could not imagine doing this experience with another person, honestly. And, of course, okay. we all have our own experiences that we can compare it to. So I think I would say the same thing. Krista has been really thoughtful. I think she does a good job of reminding me to, to perform self-care because I will uh, be selfless and and forget about doing all the things I need to do. Uh, and to the point of, you know, basically suffering. And so she's good at reminding mm-hmm. me, you know, husband, you need to kind of pay attention to yourself as it relates to, you know, whatever it is. Um, 
even though the kids, you know, hey, they're going to do what they're going to do. If the more they get, the better. <laughs> Money, food, or whatever. But my wife is really good at that. No, see, the only reason why I asked the question is because I think the thing that surprised me about King was that, that this guy has a bit of a wild side, and I didn't see that coming. So, um, <laughs> and when I when I say wild side, I, what I mean is like, uh, you know, for the most part, um, let me just equate it with a person who's like a biker guy who will take you on like an exciting <laughs> ride on a motorcycle. <laughs> and I think... You know, it just, just, I know I haven't talked about that, honey, but yeah, that, that surprised me about him. So that was the reason why I asked the question because, um, you know, it, uh, again, it's, it's a whole lot different, um, you know, living with somebody and really knowing them that way and, uh, and actually, um, in, in just dating. So you don't always see that. So that's why I asked the question. Um, so, do you think that your relationship has like enhanced your lives uh, since being together? And and if so, in what way? I absolutely think that we have. And I, I'm going to take credit for my enhancing his life now. Oh. <laughs> I think that we have both we complement each other um, very well. And again, personally, professionally, spiritually, um, my spiritual. A journey has been that I am a Christian and was raised as a traditional Christian. Uh, so there have been lots of questions that I have had spiritually over the years that I think that being in this relationship, I have gotten more clarity. So, uh, you know, on a spiritual level, professionally, I probably would not have gotten my PhD, you know, had I not had Jamel's support uh, to go forward with pursuing my PhD. Um and then again, like he said, my mom being sick. So there's so many ways that along this journey, you know, him his preparation, you know, has um, made it easier for me to, you know, take the journey that I have been on. Um, so I do definitely think that being married and then also being married specifically to Jamel has definitely has my life. Even with the kids, um, you know, the kids challenge me in different ways, um, and I think that they make me a better person, a better mother, a better supporter and a wife and a spouse to him because I'm also having to be supportive of him. Um, so I think, you know, the whole family dynamic altogether has, you know, enhanced my life for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely will say that she, yeah, she's been a blessing to me. I, I can't even, you know, make this up. I believe that my daughter's in the back laughing. I think that, uh, you know, I, she she made this house a home, and even though we were here kind of, you know, functioning as a family, I was a single dad, I believe that my wife has been real good at making sure we're eating healthy, we're, you know, just, just kind of keeping things together. And this is all the while doing her own professional development, you know, going through her process, you know, now in her career. And so, yeah, she's been, she's been really good. I, I think, you know, I can't imagine this journey that I'm on right now with anyone else. I believe that this was divinely ordered. And anyone else, you know, and I, you know, like she knows, we we weren't, you know, we, we both had passed before we uh, met one another. And, and at least I'll say this. I, I'm sure that she could say the same thing. I, I can't imagine this journey because some of the other folks that I was with, none of this probably would have even happened with. So, I, you know, I'm definitely thankful thankful for her in my life. <laughs> 
Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick music break, but we will be right back. Okay.
you, ladies and gentlemen. We are currently here with our guests, Krista and Jamel Skillion. My name is King Teasdale. I am the husband of the beloved Arlene Cahet, of which we of the Divine Inspiration Network welcome you back. Um, Krista and Jamel, I have a question, which let me see if I can throw it out there appropriately. Um, each of you, if you would respond to it, I'd deeply appreciate it. It kind of goes like this. Um, when, uh, Jamal, you spoke of divine intervention, um, my question is, what role do you feel, do you each feel about what God has done in bringing you both together? What role do we both feel that God has? I, I missed the last part. Yeah, about what God has done, his His actions in bringing you both together? Was it um, happenstance? Do you feel as if it was God himself who actually guided you together? Is it that it was through prayer, um, hope, desire? Um, what role did God play in bringing you guys together? You just kind of figure it's just, you know, uh, okay. we just bumped into each other. It's like, cool. <laughs> I, I think that was a, probably a, the biggest part. Um, well, I'll, I'll let Krista share that part, but I think she, she you want to say what you were going to say? What was I going to say? That you always wanted a man that was going to think about I was going to say, so I have very specific prayer criteria list to God, very specific about what I wanted in a husband. So we, jo- we do joke about this every now and again, because had I known I was going to get everything I asked for, I would have added a couple more things to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> I honestly, you know, from the time I can remember, um, you know, you know, wanted somebody who was spiritual, who believed in God, who believed in the power of God, somebody who could pray for me. And I have had several guys over the years who I have dated who have absolutely failed in that area. Um, So I recognize it when I see it. But, you know, other little silly things, like I don't like to drive. I can drive very well, but I don't like to drive. So somebody who could drive me was one of the things on my prayer list. Uh, somebody who had his who has lived on his own and had his own place. So Jamel is a homeowner um, because I've had past relationships where guys, you know, had lived with their parents and, you know, or lived with another woman right out of their parents' house and never lived on their own. So they don't understand what it takes to run a household. So I have some very specific criteria, and when I tell you that Jamel checks every single box, it is just a testament, and what I say all the time, that how you know that you know um, that God is who God is, Um, and when I first met Jamel, he wasn't really that spiritual. I gave him a test, too. I sent him a (laughs) purpose-driven life book in the mail right after I met him. I was spiritual. I wasn't spiritual Uh, where you wanted. Purpose-driven life had just come out. And I think Jamel called me and flipped out on me. Why would I send him this book? So to see him on the other side of this with every spiritual book that you can think of now. Yeah, I got a library in the basement. It's how I know (laughs) that, you know, his transformation is real because he flipped out on me. He and, And when I came to visit him, I think the book was, like, in the floor, uh, on the floor, in the bathroom, behind the toilet. Like, that's how much he wanted the book. (laughs) Well, before she moved here, I had a library in the bathroom, and she didn't like that. She didn't like books in the bathroom, books or magazines. So I would do a lot of my reading, you know, you know the rest, in the bathroom. So uh, I didn't necessarily flip out. I I think I asked her a question. Why would she send me this, this, this guy's book? 
because uh, I wasn't really interested in Rick Warren and what he was doing. Um, and it was the it was the book of that time. So you know, in 2005, yeah. you know, it was one of the books on bestsellers list. People talked about it. I was just wasn't interested. And people at my job had been reading. It was just one of those things. Um, and I was spiritual. I think that I wasn't. I was I was I was I was spiritual in the way that was working for me at that time. So I was still a seeker and still trying to find different things. And so I think because she was a traditional Christian, I think that was different for her. Um, I think I, I think I will refer to you as a liberated Christian. Okay. Yeah. That's a free a free thinking Christian. And so just just it just we just had you know just. I mean, I was very provocative with challenge her. So I think that's when she says I wasn't Zen. It was more me being kind of provocative and a, a quasi revolutionary at that time, just really exploring my own way and also seeing what other people were doing and interested in hearing what they had to say about it and chastising them for sharing what they were doing. <laughs> so I was I was a rebel. I was a, I was probably a more obnoxious than anything, but I was a rebel. You say you and, and that's all that to say is, is that watching him go through his process to becoming an ordained minister, that if when we had that conversation about the purpose-driven life, you know, had I cut him off then, I would never get to see, you know, um, the active application of when God can change somebody's heart and, and mind and then to watch witness them um, minister to other people. Because if, you know, we would have had this conversation back then, I would have said, oh, no, he's a lost cause. Um, but I really have seen him come full circle and then back around again uh, on this journey, that we could not have open conversations or dialogues. But we don't always agree about um, everything, but we definitely can challenge each other and have an open conversation without being defensive. So when you ask the question of, um, you know, what do we believe that this was ordained or what was the um, – influence of God in all of this that from beginning to end I can say on my part that I absolutely see everything that God has worked out in this just based on my prayers as a very young woman not even really knowing what I was praying for and I would say I would agree I think even now you know and God is constantly working I think it's one of those things where just being there um, being present listening and knowing that you know we have each other's best interests at heart and it's, because, it's not is it's only because of our relationships with spirit that we're able to do that for one another. It's not we don't have a selfish marriage. I think we we are uh, probably two two of the most considerate people that I know as it relates to being married to one another. I, I think that has helped us. Yep. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what I'm picking up. Well, let me ask this question: When you observe the two. Um, personalities coming together, was there a question of compatibility and did compatibility play the, a role in you guys being a harmonious blend? You know, I would say so. I, I definitely think so. Like I said, I think that we have a very strong connection um, spiritually, emotionally, just you know, seem to on, on most occasions be very in sync with each other, um, which we balance each other. So, yeah. you know, it's very interesting how 
you know, like Jamel says, he is the talker. He's very outgoing. And even though people don't believe it, I really am an introvert. So even when we come into a room um, and when it's his time to shine, I can be in a supportive role. And it's my time to shine. You know, he can be in a supportive role that there's never this um, push and pull for one to try to, you know, overtake each other. That it really just seems to be that there's a balance. And it's really in all facets of our life. Yeah. Um, on you know how we balance every how we balance things, and I really like to say I think that we are a nice balance of masculine and feminine in our relationship. And, and you talk about harmony. I wouldn't want a woman that agrees with me all the time, every time. I think that would be pretty boring. Um, let's talk. You know, let's 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 build. Let's expand. If it's just about well, whatever you say, sir, I don't want it, I don't want that. So I think <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> you know stop calling me sir. <laughs> And you, you guys have given us an hour. Um, but, you know, why don't you go ahead and share um, anything that you may have be, uh, coming up? I know that, Reverend Jamel, that you have uh, your church that's going to be opening up on December 3rd. So if you're willing to share that information. Yes. Uh, so the Universal Centers for Love is a multi-denominational metaphysical spiritual community in Baltimore, Maryland. Um wonderful individuals that are uh, connected to and involved with, but we would love to have anyone that's in the listening, uh, that are listening to this program to come out and visit us. Temporarily, we're going to be at Indigenal, uh, and Indigenal is 213 West Reed Street. I believe it's 21201, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are, uh, we're just excited about this, this, this chapter in our lives, and not just for us, but for those who are going to be a part of it. This isn't the Jamel show. This will be our community, and I, and I say that because all of us know more than any one of us, and we're here to grow spiritually and continue. This is going to be a relationship-based uh, spiritual community. It's going to be uh, strength-based. It's going to be love-based. We're really here to remind each other of the love that created us. And so Universal Centers for Love, affectionately known as UC Love, which is what you'll get when you come see us. Okay. Uh, well, I want to thank you both uh, for coming on. You you all are are really beautiful people, and we really, really, really appreciate you being with us tonight. Uh, any closing remarks, King, before we get off the air? It's just a pleasure to have this opportunity to grow closer to both of you, and I'm appreciative of that, and thank you so very much. You. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Okay, family. So we love you. We bless you. We appreciate you. We thank God for you. And we know that wherever you are, God is. Thank you. Namaste.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.